This is the Momentum Podcast. Welcome to a special presentation of the Momentum Podcast. This episode features Emily Riquette of Happy PR and the Amplify Podcast. Emily's an incredible entrepreneur, and the mission of her podcast is to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs who are changing the world. She recently had Alex on her podcast, and we felt like the conversation and the message and the core of the interview was so strong that, with Emily's permission, we wanted to release it to you as well. In this interview, Alex and Emily talked about the shift in perspective that you need to deal with the uncertainty in the world right now. That's the foundational thing that they talked about. But they also discussed how disagreement is okay and acceptance is crucial. This interview has the potential to create a ton of momentum for you, and I can't wait for you to hear it. I hope you enjoy. I'm Alex Sharfin, and this is the Momentum Podcast, made for empire builders, game changers, trailblazers, shot takers, record breakers, world makers, and creators of all kinds. Those among us who can't turn it off and don't know why anyone would want to. We challenge complacency, destroy apathy, and we are obsessed with creating momentum so we can roll over bureaucracy and make our greatest contribution. Sure, we pay attention to their rules, but only so that we can bend them, break them, then rewrite them around our own own will. We don't accept our destiny. We define it. We don't understand defeat because you only lose if you stop and we don't know how. While the rest of the world strives for average and clings desperately to the status quo, we are the minority, the few, who are willing to hallucinate there could be a better future. And instead of just daydreaming of what could be, we endure the vulnerability and exposure it takes to make it real. We are the evolutionary hunters, clearly the most important people in the world, because entrepreneurs are the only source of consistent, positive human evolution, and we always will be. Let's just dive in, because I feel like we have a lot to talk about. So much has happened since I last talked with you. And we talked, I was just trying to figure that out. It was probably close to a year ago, maybe less than that. I was trying to find it in my calendar. I'm like, how long has it been? So much has happened. Yeah. There's mandates and censorship and world events like we never expected. I don't think we ever could have expected some things that have played out. And I've been following some of the posts that you've made and really appreciate a lot of the podcasts and leadership that you've shown for people who are grasping right now and especially entrepreneurs. These are scary times to be in business. And I wanted to talk with you about a lot of these things and what we should be focusing on, what we should be planning for. Um, One post in particular, there's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur. I'm the only one who mandates anything in my business. (laughs) Yes, high five moment. But then I was like, wait, that's a lot of responsibility still. It's a great time to be an entrepreneur. It's also a terrifying time to be an entrepreneur. You know, Emily, I think it's all a matter of perspective. It's always a terrifying time to be an entrepreneur. You know, the the person with the greatest exposure is always the one in charge. And the day that you're willing to say, I'm going to take charge for my life, for my income, for my livelihood, and then go beyond that as an entrepreneur and say, I'm going to have that effect on other people. I'm going to actually help other people with their livelihood. I'm going to have responsibility for a team. You know, that that is, if you lean, lean into all the negatives around that, you could freeze yourself from ever doing anything. So I think there's always a tremendous amount of pressure and being the person who's like the tip of the spear, being the person who's saying like, we're going to make things different. You know, I think as an entrepreneur, what we do every day by design and and really by definition is we get up and we say, I'm going to change the status quo for the better. And when we look at the world in general, the world clean, the world 
like clings to the status quo and strives to be average. And I know that sounds judgmental. I know, but I actually think it's statistically correct. I look at, look at trends, look at habits, look at how people do things like other people. When there's some one person, you know, around the other side of the world wears something on TV and suddenly it sells out on all the store shelves. Why? Because they want to be the same. And as entrepreneurs, we strive to be different. You know, that's that, that, uh, artwork that I did behind you that definitely should. I mean, I think, you know, I've got it right here and there's been mornings where I come in and I look at it and everything's going in one direction. There's this one entrepreneur going in the other direction. And today more than ever being an entrepreneur feels like that. Yeah. And I, you know, I think you made that post, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you made that post when we started seeing businesses having mandates for their employees, but it was before the government mandate for businesses, a hundred employees and more coming down where all of a sudden I was with you. And I saw that I was like, I have never felt so grateful that I took the risks I took and the hustle I did early on so that I could be at this place of freedom really in my livelihood. And I feel very strong about that. I am concerned now seeing where even many of the entrepreneurs you work with and that we know are in a position where they're being told you want to certain mandates. And we're seeing some people rising up, uh, Russell Brunson's post, the Atlas Shrug post. Did you see that, that he made, um, basically saying, I'm not going to enforce these mandates. I'm going to protect my employees until the point where I decide it's no longer worth it. And at that yeah. point, sadly, maybe I'll just walk away. Here's how I look at it. I think that in any time that you're living, it feels like this is the most intense time in history to be alive. You know, and, and regardless of what, what the perspective is, I think that humans as people who are in the real life experience, we feel like, well, this has to be the most intense time in history. And then I think back through history, you know, and let's, let's just take like a deep breath and go back through history. Let's go to 1918, 2% of the population actually died. Not that's what was projected to happen this time. It's nowhere near close to what's happening. I mean, now we know the survival rate of, of what's happening are, are like so much higher than we ever thought the, the numbers have been like, in my belief, grossly exaggerated. Oh, yeah. They're now being used as a political ploy much more than anything. But if we go to 1918, 2% of the population was actually dying. And we had no idea even about medicine, modern medicine, the understanding of medicine, you know, we, you go a little bit further forward than that. And you, you go, go around the history and you look at, you know, during the world war, we actually had internment camps in the United States. We were rounding up the Japanese and putting them in internment camps in the U S you know, like that, that, what that actually happened here. You look at other parts of the world and what was happening back then, there's always this massive intensity to what happens in the world. And I think, you know, there's, there's always conflict. There's always crisis. I, you know, I have this, this saying that I share with entrepreneurs that crisis is normal. Crisis should be expected. Crisis is part of the human condition and it is always with us. And I think what happens is we feel like the crisis we're in has to be the most intense crisis that has ever been felt. But I think for a lot, for all intents and purposes, when you look at what's happened during COVID, yes, it's been challenging and yes, it's been a very difficult time, but compared to times in the past, compared to other times in the history of the world compared to the black plague compared to the, the dark ages the dark ages are called the dark ages because it lasted hundreds of years not a couple of years i think we lose perspective on how much humans have overcome and when i look at this issue the challenges that we're facing right now regardless which one you want to pull down or if you want to combine them all together here's what will happen not what will maybe happen, not what could happen, but what will happen because it's been proven over and over again for thousands of years in, in human history is that somebody just like you and 
and I, an entrepreneur who sees the world different, an entrepreneur who gets up every day, travels into the future, creates a new reality, comes back to the present and demands it becomes real, is going to look at the world around them, look at all of this that we're dealing with, understand where the noise level is, rise above it, identify an opportunity, grab hold of it, get into momentum and take the world with us. And it's happening as we speak. It just depends on where you, you put your perspective and your focus. You know, in the past few weeks, we've had not one, but three private space companies put people into orbit in, in space, come back to earth as private corporations. This is the thing of only governments in the past. The only way you could do that in the past was to tax the crap out of the population, take all the money, and put it towards something called the space race. And now it's private organizations, one of which, by the way, is being incredibly ignored by the current administration and barely even talked about, which is revolting in so many different ways. I mean, we're about to have an electric vehicle summit and Elon Musk is not invited. You explain that to me. The guy invented, let's be real, he, he created the modern electric car industry for everything that it is. And we've got a president who's, pretend, president who's pretending like the Ford car is some impressive piece of technology when the Tesla could do laps around it is it, it does a drag race it's a joke and so we are seeing that already happening and i think you know it's 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 easy to look at the constraint in the world and put all your focus there but as entrepreneurs, we are physiologically sensitive, momentum-based beings. We owe it to ourselves and the world around us to get up every single day and figure out what is going to move us forward, figure out what that picture in the future has to look like to make dealing with the present and all the difficulties that we're dealing with important enough. And, you know, I think of, of has the past two years been difficult for me? Sure. It's been tough. Have they been difficult for, for entrepreneurs like Russell? Absolutely. Is it tough when the government says, hey, we're going to mandate that you do this thing with 100 employees i mean i predict there's gonna be a shit ton of 99 person companies coming up soon and a lot of very elaborate corporate structures I, you think i'm kidding i'm 100 serious oh i i believe you i've already reached out to my attorneys and and they're like okay well you know we can talk <laughs> and so you know yes it's a very difficult time but i compare myself to a 17 year old in vietnam not that hard to a, a 19 year old storming the, the beaches at normandy not that hard you know, to a to a 20 year old kid picked up and taken into a train to the end during the Holocaust, really not that hard. And so I think we need to shift our perspective to understand that we're living in a time of opportunity. We're living in a time of technology. We're living in a time of where you can organize people in a completely different way. And we're living in a time where when you advocate, you will be heard. And yes, there's censorship and people are trying to shut things down and people are trying to like not make things move forward. But on my wall, I have a picture of Martin Luther King on the mall in Washington to remind me of what humanity can do. Because before fax machines, before computers, before email, before mass communication of any kind, when they had telephone, telegraph, and mail, they organized to fill the entire mall in Washington the same way that Barack Obama did when he was elected president. And that was pre all of that. So don't tell me that with everything we have available right now, we can't figure out a way around this, through this, over this, under this, and get back into momentum and make things happen in the way we want. We will. See, Alex, this is why I had you on the show because you were like the sermon to the entrepreneur's soul <laughs> at a time like this. And 
I knew you would just speak that wisdom and, and that truth that, that we all need to hear. And, and you're right. I, uh, right before I just had my third baby a few months ago, I was binging books about the Spanish flu and World War II novels. And there's nothing like reading about those realities and circumstances of like Spanish flu, for instance, to put this current pandemic into perspective. I think there's a lot of fear. People are making a lot of there's a lot of parallels that can be made. And we see the slippery slope and we think, oh, it's only 80 some years ago that the world got really twisted and things got yeah. really scary. And so I think we don't know how much further we're going to fall. And I think that that unknown is where a lot of people are, where I, I struggle with it um, the most. And part of it is the amount of censorship that we're seeing. Because in the past, at least it was a little bit easier to find the people talking on all sides of this stuff. And now all of a sudden to see the power that big tech has, basically you've got the big tech companies, you've got the media and you've got the government. And when there's censorship happening through all three of those and people being shut down and silenced, scientists, doctors, free thinkers, entrepreneurs, well, anybody who's not along with the current accepted narrative, anyone who's not playing into the current accepted narrative, right? It's not just scientists. It's not just free thinkers. It's anyone who's saying anything outside of the norm. Yeah. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, Emily, I think, I think what we're seeing with the public private partnerships going on right now and either the coercion that's going on between the social media companies and the governments or the cooperation that's going on. I think there's actually both. I think that in, when organizations get large enough, there's always both there's cooperation and coercion in the government always, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons the Biden administration had a social media summit really early on. It was probably to put the fear of God into every one of those companies because they wanted a high level of control. And I think they're getting it. And, you know, earlier you said, you know, it's only 80 years ago that, the world got really twisted. You know, how much further are we going to fall? Well, again, I feel like it's where you put your perspective. You know, I, I think we, we, if you buy into the narrative that's in the public right now, you'll feel like there's been this massive shift and this massive change. But if you really look at it, this type of crisis, this type of stuff has been going on all the time. I actually think that what's happened is we're in a period of time where had we not had this happen, where everything's coming to the surface. Like it's very clear now that there is government coercion or cooperation with social media companies because specific words and specific drugs and specific medications are getting written into terms of use contracts at social media companies. Don't tell me that the social media companies woke up one day and said, oh, hey, we're really against this thing. There's some type of weird coercion going on here. And I think that it's becoming so clear and so radically apparent. I think we're in a time period where I'll, I'll kind of take us off course for a second and I'll then I'll come back and share with you why I'm doing this. So um, one of the people in my company who's run our coaching and content department for the last almost three years just left our organization and for for uh, to pursue a doctorate in special education to work with kids just like me. It's like very exciting for her. But it's hugely challenging. I mean, when we think about it as a company, it's like, man, we're losing a, a foundational piece of who we are. And if I go back 20 years and something like that was happening in my company, I would, I would, I'd panic. I'd be frustrated. I'd be anxious. I'd be upset about it. But Emily, I've been through so many 
many transitions in my life that I have hardwired transition creates opportunity, period. It always creates opportunity, no matter what the transition is. And I think that right now what we're seeing in the world is we're seeing a number of transitions and a number of conditions that are making people uncomfortable. And when enough people get uncomfortable, this is where we see revolutions. This is where we see massive changes. This is where, when we're in massive times of transition, it's when the person or the company who's in the lead can get taken out by somebody who's just started. It's where somebody like me can sit down and do a ton of research and become the number one expert in the country on a subject that I don't have a degree in. I've done that. You know, I, I did a post called Do Your Own Research, and it was about the foreclosure crisis where I became literally quoted as and interviewed as and called out as and used by the government as the number one expert in the foreclosure crisis in the resolution of the foreclosure crisis for years. And that was only because there was a transition. Don't think there was any way that I'd be flying back and forth to Washington and, you know, quoted by the U S treasury. And that we've had our white, we, we actually had our white papers copy and pasted from what we wrote into papers that were released by the, the presidential administration. And why was that available? Because we we were in a transition because the world was changing, because there was instability, because there was ambiguity. We, when you can step into that space and rather than absorb all the noise, look at where the opportunities are. You can push those opportunities into existence. You can create those opportunities into existence. And there's a ton about what's going on right now that makes me uncomfortable. But I also have this undying belief in the entrepreneur. When I look throughout history, when I look at how you and I are talking right now, when I look at the devices that we're using, if you look at the world around you, it was created by entrepreneurs. You know, we, we don't, we don't want to like accept that in a lot of ways. We don't, we don't talk about that in a lot of ways, but when you look at the, the, the way that we have shifted as human beings, it was demanded by somebody just like you and I, that all of this come into existence. And, and so I don't, I don't think that's going away. I think the person who is going to, or the people, or the man or woman or the, the non-binary person, it doesn't matter. The person who's out there and the people who are out there that are going to create the solutions that take us to a different place, that get us out of this weird world of censorship, that create open communication, that create a new level of transparency, that create a new level of support for what I believe is a massive spiritual awakening going on, not just here in the United States, but all over the world. They're working on it right now. And just like during the foreclosure crisis where everybody was panicked and people like unfortunately literally jumping off of buildings we lived in florida and during the early days of the foreclosure crisis that was coupled by bernie madoff there were suicides every week i was head down writing a, a product i was head down writing an information product of all things and that was able to pull the foreclosure crisis forward the recovery of the foreclosure crisis forward five to seven years I believe with all of my heart that there are entrepreneurs out there right now, some of them who are in our program, some of them that we coach that are working on new industries and new ways of creating perspective and that, that are involved in businesses that are going to lead us out of part of this. And so I never, never will get bet against the entrepreneur. And as long as there's people like you and I breathing, there is a chance for humanity. There is hope for humanity and things will shift. They will transition. They will feel unstable. They will feel ambiguous and then they will be glorious because that's what people like you and I breathe into existence on a daily basis because we have to. And, you know, I read Russell Brunson's post about producers walking away and, and I've, I've read Atlas Shrugged and I think 
I don't, I don't look at it as religiously as a lot of entrepreneurs do. I looked at it as a, as an interesting metaphor, but I also see another side of that metaphor. I think that when things get really hard, when all of the buttons are pushed, when it feels like you can't go any further, you know, every entrepreneur has had that experience. Like every one of us has had that time in our lives where we didn't have enough resources. We didn't have enough time. We didn't have enough experience. We were either too old or too young. We didn't look the part. We didn't fit. And we could see this tiny light at the end of the tunnel. And we believed in that light and, and we made it brighter and we, we thought about it and we obsessed over it. And when we were walking and driving and showering, that light just kept calling to us and we started moving towards us. And even though the people around us were like, that light is a train, we ignored all the bullshit noise and we compelled ourselves towards it and it towards us. And we stepped through that light. And that's where people like you and I become who we are. And so I would contend that the bigger the tunnel, the further the light, the more glorious the journey. And so all of us need to remember that, that it's not about the destination. It's about the struggle. It's about the tunnel. It's about being on the hunt. We are evolutionary hunters. We are that small percentage of the population that tens of thousands of years ago would get up every day, gather our small portion of the tribe together, give each other the looks we needed to, know that we had each other's backs, pick up sticks and stones and go out and kill something to keep the human tribe alive. So compared to that, I don't think we have it so hard. Yeah. Amen. Well, you know, I asked Russell, I reached out to him and I, well, I didn't tell him I was going to be talking to you because before I knew you were coming on this week, but I said, okay, but I'm going to do a podcast on this. Like I have to talk about this and I know you're at Funnel Hacking Live. So get back to me when you can. So he didn't get back to me yet, but I said, what happens next? If that's what happens, if people do just walk away, as I can see the passion that you believe in for the entrepreneur uh, is really powerful and it gives hope. I, I, I truly believe like the bigger crisis, the bigger the crisis, the bigger the opportunity, the bigger the challenge, the bigger the obstacle, the better the solution is going to be and the more life changing it's going to be. And if we take the perspective of focusing on all of the arrows coming at us, <laughs> just like in that picture, yeah. It can get, become overwhelming. In fact, it doesn't matter what time period in the history of the world you lived in. You could live in the golden ages and, and it would could still become overwhelming. But if you instead choose to look at all the incredible progress that we're making as humanity, you know, a lot of it that we don't even talk about right now, we don't even consider talking about. But when we look at how much, how, how many things are moving in the right direction, you know, when, when Elon Musk years ago said he wanted to make the human race a multiple multi-planetary species, people laughed at him. When he said he was going to put rockets into space that came back and landed themselves, people laughed at him. When he said Teslas were going to become top selling vehicles in the United States, people laughed at him. And then he quietly did all of those things. And he's very quietly replaced the oil-based petroleum product infrastructure for cars with Tesla superchargers all the way across the United States and created an entirely new reality in our country. And he's not slowing down just because of what's going on. In fact, don't you remember during the, the, the uh, shutdowns in California, he opened his factory back up. He challenged the entire company and the country. And he said, look, if my people want to work, we're going to work. And they went back to work and they opened the factories and he challenged the government to come shut him down. And so there's different ways to look at this. There's a ton of different perspective to use. And is there things, again, is there things that are challenging the world? Absolutely. 
you know, I, I live in Texas where I'm so happy to be here during the, this past period of time because Texas is uh, a, a state in the United States that, that believes in individual freedom in, as high as any other state. I think it's, it's the, probably the number one in belief in individual, individual, individual freedom. At the same time, look at what we're doing to women's rights in Texas. Like we essentially is overturned Roe versus Wade. If all I thought about was that, I would be demoralized living in Texas. Do I appreciate that? Absolutely not. I think it's crazy and I, I want women to be able to, to make the choices that they need to make. I don't believe in freedom of, of you know, my body, my choice, because I don't want to wear a mask or don't want to take a shot, but not for women who have a, a pregnancy that they, for any reason, feel like they can't pull, go through with. And so... I have to look at it and say, where's the opportunity? Where, where can I put my perspective so that I can move my mission forward? What can I focus on so that I make my change that I want to see in the world and leave my dent in the universe, regardless of what's going on? I will never shut down. I'm not walking away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have a few questions people sent me on Instagram and, and to get a little tactical here. What if you, there, you have team members or people within your business that they want you to follow the mandate. I can see this is going to cause a lot of upheaval within teams and you are so talented at helping entrepreneurs to do that thing that can be very hard, which is to let go of control and let others lead, let others come together to be the, the lifeline of a business, which is its people. And Absolutely. Um, so, so what do we do? I, I had a couple questions on this and one of them, someone asked more, it was geared toward should you basically make your stance on this so well known when it comes to hiring so it helps kind of only bring people toward you that are okay with this what do you do in your current situation especially if you have a large team or maybe you have a small team and that can be just as impactful if your small team disagrees and you don't see eye to eye on this you know i can answer this personally for me um i feel like there is a risk and not making your beliefs known and not letting people understand who you are. I don't think that everyone who works at ClickFunnels is a Mormon, mm -hmm. but Russell makes his beliefs about being a Mormon and his love for the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith incredibly well known. You know, I don't think that everyone who works at Tesla is okay with smoking marijuana, but Elon Musk went on the Joe Rogan show and smoked a joint with him and like the first time in history that the CEO of a public company did that and he didn't have mass resignations. And so when you look at the company you run, I think one of the most important things to do bringing in people to your organization is that you bring in true believers. You bring in people who believe in what you do. They believe in you. I think the people working at Tesla believe in Elon Musk like crazy, regardless of what he does at this point. They, whether his kid has a weird haircut, whether his wife's doing something odd in a music video, whether he's smoking weed on, on a public you know, podcast, it's like whatever he wants to do at this point, people are putting up with it or accepting it or they're celebrating it because he lives out loud as who he is. And the easiest people to follow are those people. The easiest people to follow, the easiest people to understand are the ones who are radically transparent about who they are and radically transparent about their belief systems because as a human being you can say okay well i don't believe in everything but man there's so much good here that i can i can get behind this and then you want true believers in what your company does you know the people who work at spacex are are so passionate about what they're doing to change the world the people who work at tesla the same thing the people who work at click funnels 
you know, I, I've, I've toured that office over and over and over again. Um, I, when I tour that office, everybody knows me as the hyperhydration guys. They all make jokes about drinking water and stuff. But you know what, Emily, what I see is people who are in it for the mission. Yeah, there might be some people there that are getting a paycheck. But not the way that those the people at ClickFunnels work. When you look at, at how incredible the accomplishments of that company had been over the past seven years or eight years, whatever it is that Russell's been doing it, it's crazy how game-changing and earth-shaking and market-rattling ClickFunnels as an organization has been. You know, Russell's estimation is that they've had a million people get jobs because of that organization. I think the people who work in that company are true believers in the organization. And then the third place you want true believers is, is in the people you serve. If people believe in your market, if they believe in your members, if they believe in your customers, if they, they care about the people who get that end product, regardless of what it is, those people are the ones that you want in your organizations. And we are seeing a lot of companies with massive turnovers due to the enforcement of mandates, due to some of the policies they've created, due to some of these companies outing themselves as having massive political stances that nobody's ever been able to see before. But now they're so radically clear, you can't ignore them. And so as an entrepreneur, when I look at the people who are most successful in our space, it's the people who live absolutely transparently. You know, I've known Grant Cardone um, back to probably 2010. And Grant and I, I went and spoke at one of Grant's events. Grant came and spoke at one of my events a long time ago. And the the following that Grant has amassed, the 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 asset under management that Grant has put together. I mean, this was a guy who years ago was a car salesman and who sold some software in the car industry. And now he's I think he's approaching or has exceeded a billion dollars assets under management by being an influencer. And what is he an influencer about? Jesus, it's hard to tell these days. Like I, he gave a speech at one of my real estate conferences. He talked about everything from uh, from not taking psychological drugs to home birth to hating the government to being anti-tax to yelling and ranting and screaming on stage and there was no theme to the one hour presentation he gave but the person who sold the most at the end of the room at the end of the day was grant by a factor of probably three or four times why because he was exactly who he is and the entire audience knew this is a person who's not going to hide anything from me so as an entrepreneur if you're hedging and saying i'm not going to tell people who i really am i feel like you're creating a massive liability Mm, so true. And so for, for people who've already built their businesses though, thinking I'm going to play it safe. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to bring my faith or my politics or my beliefs into my business, doing it, thinking they want to really be inclusive of, of everyone and feeling like that maybe uh, would make some people uncomfortable. For instance, what do they do now? Do you just start putting it out there? You, know, you can't really just go waving your flag on some of this stuff all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, um, man, I want to, I want to talk about the word you just use inclusive, you know, you can share your belief systems and be inclusive. You know, I, 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 I made a post a while ago. I don't know if you saw it. It was called, we are all flat earthers. And the reason I made the post is because in the past two years, some of people's foundational belief systems have been exposed. And when people look around them, they're like, oh my God, I never thought this person would think this. And I never thought this person would think this. But 
here's where the post originated. A few years ago, I was actually at ClickFunnels and um, I was talking to this woman who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. She runs a really incredible business. In the past couple of years, she's just blown it up in ways that actually she told everybody she was going to do it and nobody believed her. And then she did it. So she's that type of ridiculously talented, incredible human. I'm not going to use her name because of the subject matter of the story. So I was talking to her and I finished and I'm walking away and I'm like, man, she just has this ridiculous energy. It's so intense. And a friend of mine walked up and he goes, Hey man, I just want you to know she's a flat earther. And I'm like, uh, what? And he's like, she's a flat earther. She believes the earth is flat. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I walked away and I didn't understand what to do with the information, Emily, because I'm like, really, who gives a shit? She's a flat earther. I mean, dude, like, I have friends who believe they have alien DNA and they'll talk to you about it. I have friends who have taken psychedelics and gone and communicated with angels. I have friends who have a 100% steadfast belief that there's a human being that walked the, the earth and parted the waters. You know, there's, when you look at all of those things to me, they're all kind of the same. You know, I don't, I don't have a, a, a huge amount of faith in a, in a belief system that's in a traditional religious belief system. And when I, when I look at like all of the different things that humans can believe, you know, I have really good friends that are Scientologists. I have really close friends that are in fringe religions that you've never heard about, raised in fringe religions you've never heard about. And I have friends that go down to the Amazon and, you know, take plant medicine that makes you literally sit and communicate with God and the, the, the angels around you. And so for somebody to like be a flat earther, it doesn't even raise my eyebrows an inch because my whole life, I've, I've, what I've recognized and realized is that the most extraordinary people on this planet are the ones that are the most unique and the most different and the most diverse. And so if we want to create inclusion by making ourselves like everybody else, we are not doing the world a favor and we are doing ourselves a massive disservice. And if what you're doing is, is, genericizing your your personality and ripping down who you really are and dumbing down who you really are and not sharing what you're passionate about because you're afraid that someone will disagree with you or someone will judge you i feel like you're even more open to that disagreement and judgment not talking about it than if you did and if I talk to anybody for long enough, I can find their flat earth belief. And it's not just one. Usually it's dozens. And usually you pull a thread and it comes out and you go, whoa, this is getting really interesting. And I'm the type of person who people are willing to have that conversation with from all levels of, of revenue, from all types of industries. And I've had that conversation so many times with people, Emily, with, with celebrities, with billionaires, with people who are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, with screenplay writers, with best-selling authors. And every one of them has a belief that I guarantee guarantee you would make them look like a flat earther to the rest of us. And I think we just have to, to release that and get over that and be real about the fact that we're all different human beings on this planet. We all have a different life experience and to try and act like the general population to create some type of inclusion. I feel like that's one of the most dangerous things you can do for your own life. Mm, I love that. Well, it, today apparently is the day that all the leaves have fallen and here in Michigan and I'm getting our leaves blown in the front yard if you hear that. So, and I know we're running out of time, Alex. So I, I want to wrap with your thoughts. You obviously value and believe in so much the, the entrepreneur to push the human race forward. And I think a lot of people are feeling just very uh, disenchanted with uh, the political system that we have and wondering like, how are we going to change things? So 
<sighs> if you believe that entrepreneurs are the ones that can push the human race forward, they can make all this change. It just feels like a stretch that they'll be able to come together and, and maybe change the system that we've had for so long that doesn't seem to be working or so many of us would like an alternative to. I don't feel like it's a stretch, Emily. I don't even feel like it's a little bit of a stretch. In fact, when I look at the world, here's what I see. I see that we're entering into an age where individual entrepreneurs are more powerful than governments. And you can challenge that belief, but let's get real. Elon Musk is literally doing what it used to take NASA and a multi-government, multinational partnership to do. And I see companies like Facebook where they have a communication network that far exceeds anything any government has. And when you look at the organizations that are rising up right now, the entrepreneurs that are, that are incubating right now, here's what I see in the newest generation of entrepreneurs. And I think maybe everybody needs to like take this perspective and start seeing this. You know, each new generation of entrepreneurs, in my opinion, is infinitely more capable than the, the generation before. Are there issues? Of course there is. There's tons of issues with younger people right now. A lot of men aren't going to school. A lot of, of challenges in, in being a, a young woman today. There's all kinds of conflict and issues and, and this weird environment of creating safe spaces and, and making everybody feel included and not having conflict and not talking about what's challenged. And all of that stuff is very real. But at the same time, I feel like we're entering into this age where businesses are going to have even more control or even more influence, more power, more ability to do what we need to do. And the more entrepreneurs rise up and create the organizations that they need to create and they create the outcomes that they need to create and they create new technologies and new ways of seeing things and new ways of using things and new perspective and new ways of communication, we can shift this world to be a better place. Now, could that go in the wrong direction? Sure, it always could. It always could and, and it has at certain points in time in history. But when you look at the collective nature of the entrepreneurial personality type, you know, I wrote the book, The Entrepreneurial Personality Type. And when you look at the collective nature of who we are and we go back thousands of years, I truly believe we're evolutionary hunters. I feel like we have been epigenetically programmed to be on this planet to move the human race forward. And we get up every day, you know, that threat of quitting, that threat of walking away, young evolutionary hunters can't. When we get up, we have to move the world forward. We are momentum-based beings. We need a momentum like the rest of the world needs oxygen. And when I look at the entrepreneurs on the planet right now, the ones who are coming, the ones who are incubating, the ones who are, who are figuring themselves out and figuring out what they're going to do, I have this radically massive belief that they are going to rise up and change the world around us. And they will bend governments around their own will. They will change the world around us. They will move things forward they will create new paradigms and new realities that we've never imagined just like we have today you know what we live in today when i was a kid was science fiction like everything we have around us was science fiction it's and it's crazy that the stuff like when i was a kid having a communicator on your wrist was science fiction you literally have that now when i was a kid having you know civilians go up into space that's science fiction you have that now cars that can go zero to 60 in 1.9 seconds it's a production car now put out by Tesla. And when you look at how, how what we have today has shifted as much as it possibly has, I only see that equation going in one direction because while some entrepreneurs might give up, while some individuals in their own lives with their own perspectives might be overcome by the pressure, others are going to take that pressure and use it to fuel them to go out and move things in the right direction 
shift humanity back to where we need to go and make this world a better place. Because at the essence of the entrepreneurial personality type is the dying need, the compulsion, the passion to make a massive contribution. And when you're in a place of moving towards contribution, when you're in a place of making things better for people, there's not an obstacle that can stop you. Hey there, this is Eddie Kirk with Alex Sharfin's team. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Momentum Podcast. Listen, if you're ready to take the next step, if you're ready to understand the systems and processes and frameworks that we teach entrepreneurs to grow and scale their business with confidence, we're ready to help you. If you go to billionairecode.com right now, you can get on a call with a member of our coaching team and find out which one of our coaching programs best fit the needs of your business right now. We know that when you are clear on where you're going and you're excited about the outcome, you will put the accelerator pedal to the floor and you won't let up. Let us help you get into momentum, grow and scale your business, and make the impact that you've always known you should. Go to billionairecode.com right now to get started. We'll see you there.